Hi, this is Ricky Stewart, and if you want to listen to a Raiders podcast, then you should listen to the official one, Behind the Limelight, not this rubbish with Flakey Blakey. Hello and welcome to Raiders of You with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. Blake. And we are the third most popular Raiders podcast coming to you from the filthiest store in Berry, somewhere in the bowels of Civic, the location of which we will never reveal, will we, Blake? Yeah, but we're not coming from the filthy story. That would they be don't know breach, that. That would be in breach of COVID restrictions. Can't out us. It really would us. be in breach. Yeah, no, okay, we're not. We're we're on a Zoom meeting, which is pretty dispiriting, really, because the filthiest story, I mean, it has a charm to it, doesn't it, Blake? It does. It does. I, 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 I can't say I miss it terribly. Um, you know, five days into lockdown, it still feels like a bit of a, a, a holiday, a bit of a long weekend, but we'll see how we go. Yeah, oh. no. Well, we're brought to you with the dubious support of the Greenhouse, the Canberra Raiders' number one fan forum on the internet. Get online and get engaging with people who love the Canberra as much as you do, especially at this time of lockdown where people actually need to do something, you know. So now's a great opportunity to go and join the 90,000 other people who are signed up Greenhouse members and engage with them and talk to them about the Canberra Raiders. We're also brought to you with the cash money sponsorship of Land Speed Records. Come in, well, when the COVID restrictions are lifted. You can order things online though, can't you? Yeah, there's a, there's a few things online. Not every, not as much as I'd like at this stage, but maybe next week. But you know what you can order online? There's still one and only one Blake and the Pork Beanies left. Oh, limited edition, first edition Blake and the Pork Beanies. By the time this goes to air, they may all be gone. But at, at, at time of recording, there's still one available. And they're just fantastic. They're They're wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful artifacts here. I've been talking to Blake about moving into hoodies, but apparently there's a sizing issue with that. Not everyone wants my triple XL sizing, apparently. No, 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 no one likes that anyway. Anyway, let, let's talk about football, the storm loss. It was actually a lot to like, wasn't that, Blake? Well, it, that game, I think of all games this year, kind of summed up Raiders, uh, the season and where we're at, because... You realise, you know, when the effort's there, we're not that far away from the good teams, but um, it's just uh, some areas of uh, execution that let us down. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I thought Ricky's press conference was actually pretty spot on. I thought there was a 15-minute period where our defence was pretty bad, and apart from that, the defence was pretty good. And apart from that moment, I think we either had as good in the match or we were, we were better. The defence in the second half was excellent. Um, we kept the storm to zero points in the second half, which I don't think is the first time it's been done this year. So, I mean, when the defence was on, it was on. But, um, yeah, I think that tactically there were some errors made in that first half. Um, and once some players actually went off the field, the defence tightened up a lot and we looked a lot better. Yeah, and unfortunately, I agree with you on that. I actually saw the same thing when Croker went off with the HIA and then Soliola went off. I saw the defence and the whole structure of the team actually improve out of sight. Yeah, well, Sia was left out there for too long. I mean, he... He was. He was, he was absolutely gassed. But the, I think it was the second or third 
Melbourne try where there was an offload, he just had his back turned, you know, and they just ran yeah, through exactly. a spot you could have driven the Titanic through. Yeah, he's yeah, well. The, the, those two tries that they scored with those gaping holes, that was kind of yeah, it was disappointing. But yeah, Theo was sort of jogging back, and you know, his back turned, and he was he was completely gassed. And it's like, do you blame the old man who hasn't played much football for being so mm. gassed that he can't hold the defense up anymore? Or do you sort of more point the finger of blame towards the coaching staff for leaving him out there when he's 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 not up to it? It's 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 a young man's game. It's a young man's game, and, and the same applies to Jared Croker. I mean, uh, there before he went off, there were a couple of one on ones that you know he he needs to make. You got you got to take your man in those one on one situations, and and twice uh, he didn't, and. One of them, I'd say, directly read, led to a try, and the other one was definitely a big part of the try being scored. So he wasn't the only one to blame in that instance. But, yeah, I don't know, Jared, about where Jared's at uh, in his career. Well, Soliola's made the bench for this week, but Croker's out apparently with a recurring knee injury. And, of course, we uh, lost Tommy Starling, who once more came on um, fairly late in that match and was great when he did. Yeah, held, held Ricky... Kept him inexplicably um, on the bench too long, I thought. And and once, you know, once he did come on, that's when the tide turned and we started to get back into the game. And, you know, we started to, to score some tries and, you know, we made a real game of it. Yeah, no, look, he was great. And the, the broken jaw is really going to set it back. I thought just before halftime, Matt Tomoko did a fantastic job getting in the opportunity, did everything he could, a mountain of work to score a try, and then unfortunately blew the grounding. Yeah, look, I had a feeling at the time if he'd made that try, it was a different match. There's a, there's a couple of turning points in the game, and that's definitely one of them. And look, I wasn't too hard on him for sort of, you know, in air quotes, bombing the try because... He did so well to get over the line in the first place. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was only possible to bomb it because he made it. Yeah. And no one was more upset um, than he was for, you know, not, not grounding the ball. I mean, when, when they sent it up, you knew straight away from his reaction that obviously uh, he, hadn't, he hadn't grounded. The other turning point was Jack Wyden um, going too long on that, on that, you know, kick for touch off the penalty. Yeah, yeah. Look, and and I think in arguably his best match of the season, um, there were the two, and it wasn't just one; it was two occasions he failed to find touch with penalty kicks. Um, this, this is the thing that the, the times that you do actually need him to kick the ball out in the full, he's not he's not that great at it. He doesn't. Look, yeah, that's right. Look, it, it, there is a healthy irony in that. But look, I think if he'd got those balls out in the full on either of those occasions we would have scored tries. I think that the first time in particular, we had them so on the back foot, they hadn't had the ball for quite a period of time and they were gassed. And had we got the ball, I think we would have scored and I think we would have gone on with it. But I still think, in spite of all of that, that uh, Jack was the best player on the field for the Raiders. Yeah, he, was, he was good. It was good to see him. And look, you know, he sort of came out during the week and there was a whole mama, didn't raise no quitter thing. And he came out and mm. he had a red hot go again, you know, like... It's a couple of times just where execution lets him down. And also I think with us, sometimes it's, you know, sometimes there's the players play off the top of their heads. Whereas if you look at a team like the Storm or the Roosters, the players invariably take the right options because it's drilled into them, you know, what the right options are to take. Whereas sometimes I think we rely yep. on people playing off their heads. Like Cooper Cronk said in the commentary, it's like, 
Jack didn't need to try and kick that kick for um, touch from the penalty so deep anyway, because you don't want to take the tap two metres off the try line. Mm. You know, you want, you're better off being 10 or 15 metres so you can actually work something. You know, when you when the defence is running... Yeah, you can, you can draw your opponents out. That's right. No, I agree. I agree, but I think I think I think he gets the uh, the land speed records twenty dollars man of the match for for this no. for this week. Did he get? I didn't check the daily end points, but did he get a daily end point? No, oh, I don't check the daily end points anymore. Okay. There's, there's no point in that. At this stage of the season, you can't check it anyway because it's it's, it's no look. It's kept on the rack. and and look. I'd say he would have gotten the one, two, three, you know, three, two, one. I don't think he would have got the three for the match. I think a Storm player would have got that. But I think I think he was one of the more dominant players on the it field. It was worth Simonson's Batty Simonson's return with three tries was pretty good. I mean, yeah. notably, all three were off the back of good cutout passes by Jack, taking advantage of Eremia out on that wing, being less experienced. But they executed that well. So that was nice to see, wasn't it? They did. Um, getting back to Tom Starling, though, I mean, he has been the absolute... Um, shining light over the last month and once again the season from hell delivers you know it does of all the things that anytime we have anything good whether it's Xavier Savage CNK whatever it is um it just gets just mm. oh shit doesn't it yeah this is why we can't have anything nice yeah. This is why we can't have anything nice, you know. Uh, and I think talking about things that have actually been nice, um, Corey Hutter with a nighter. I didn't have him my, my starting 17 for the for the season, um, along with Jordan Rapiner, two of our best players this season. Uh, it was a it was a definite send off. It was, it was, and I think in the end, um, the suspension is is kind of what I was expecting. Uh, and it was about. I right. think it was a week more generous than I thought. I didn't realise he had seven years of uh, of unblemished record, well, or at least on the park. He would have, yeah. Well, he would have copped um, six weeks or something. Like the charge was the charge was yep. was 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 pretty six to seven weeks. Yeah, and because it was six that, weeks of it. it was deemed so a, um, yeah, but yes, yeah, seven years of of like not getting a suspension. Um, that's really quite amazing when you're at forward, isn't it? Yeah, but he's never struck me as he's never, you know, he's never been a dirty player. He's never been, you know, goes out. He, it was it was a time to try and you know turn the tide a bit. I think we had a mistake and then we were defending our line. And look, he went out to try and make a big hit, but um, you know, he didn't certainly wasn't going out to you know, take his head off. And he was you know very upset and apologised afterwards. And um, it was nice. To- yeah, it's just going to be a bummer not to see him. He, he's just been playing such good football. I know you'll see him in week one of the finals, Tim. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely, we will, we will. Um, but uh, you know, it was an emotional, it was an emotional time within there, and um, it turns out that Danny Stewart has uh, been cornered by John Sharkston, the the famous media pundit, uh, and uh, they've had an exchange of views. Up next, we have John Sharksworth from the Daily Wagga Wanker. Good day, Danny. Thanks for your time. How much input do you have in the team selections? Hopefully, it's very little. <clears throat> are you having a go at me, mate? What are your credentials, mate? Did you uh, did you get your degree from the uh, bottom of a box of rice bubbles? Oh, I don't have to answer shit questions like that from hack journals like you, mate. Close enough, Danny. I'm just trying to get to the bottom of whose idea it was to leave Kroger out there like a rag doll on a full moon until halftime. Was that you? <clears throat> well, I had uh, bugger all to do with that, mate. I thought, uh, I actually thought Crocker was uh, really tough to get out there out of uh, positioning the centres. Uh, 
Well, I did, uh, did send a Rick a uh, texter in the first half to drag Semi off. Uh, he replied with uh, two words, uh, the second word being off. Wait, so this is how you and Ricky communicate, these texts, yes? <coughs> Mate, if I feel I uh, have something to contribute, I'll, uh, I'll send Rick a texter, yeah. Have you, uh, have you got an issue with that, Joe? No, not at all. In fact, I think we're on the same page here. So you agree that Corker belongs out there in the wing, yes? Could you let Ricky know for me? <coughs> you're, uh, you're fucking joking, aren't you, James? I've, uh, I've been texting that for years. Have you, uh, mate, have you been tapping my phone? This is a dead-set fucking peace take. You're a goose, mate. A brave man, John Sharkson. Yeah, yeah. He's known for his bravery. Yeah, stupidity, bravery. I mean, I don't know what you care to call it, but, you know, he pushes the end of the envelope about what's actually acceptable. And he's probably very lucky that he's in isolation away from Danny Ando because I'm, I'm sure he probably would have regretted, you know, asking those questions face to face. Danny Stewart, I don't know who Danny Ando is. No, sorry, Danny Stewart. No, Danny Ando. Who's Danny Ando? What are you talking about? I don't have any idea what you're talking about. Look, we, we've got a bit of a run in, you know, the equation changed over the weekend a little bit. And we need to, to be in control of our own future, we need to win three of three, which of course is Manly Rings, Sea Eagles, the Warriors, followed by the Roosters. We've got to win all three of those and we'll make the finals. That is just the reality of the situation. However, we can just win two and the Knights lose two of their last three. And notably they've got the Bulldogs, they've got the Titans and they've got the Broncos um, or the Titan. They're not losing. It's hard to see them losing two of those, but they could. Yeah. I, I'd say they're going to lose the win all three of those. Having said that, I thought they got away with a bit against the, the, um, the Sharks on the weekend. I think they, they were, uh, they uh, I was, I was, they really, did get lucky. I was cheering on the Sharks and uh, that, that, the penalty um, that was the turning point was the one where um, the person got tackled into the goal and the ref said, no, no, I've called yeah. held. And that was, I thought that was a bit harsh. But he had called held. I think he called held prematurely, but he had called held. Yeah. Well, there was momentum in it. There was, you know, I don't know. Oh, yeah, no, what I'm saying, I, I think he shouldn't have called held yet. I don't think he was held. I think he was getting pushed back into the end goal. I think Shekin made a mistake, but he had called held. So if he's called that and they keep pushing, well, what, what's he meant to do about that? But, yeah, I was a bit bummed because I think had that not happened, I think they would have got beaten. But I still think they would have been in the driver's seat, even winning two out of their remote, if they won three out of their three. Yeah. They're not really our, our, our opponents here. Our opponents are the Titans, the Warriors, the Sharks, and bizarrely enough, the West Tigers are all the sides that could still come in. Now, the Titans need to lose two matches. They've got Storm, Knights, and Warriors. I could see them at their present form losing all three of those, which would be nice. But the Warriors have brought themselves right back into reckoning, and they've got the Bronx, us, and the Titans. And they're master their own destiny at the moment as well. I mean, they have to win all three of them, but they could. And then the Sharks, well, they just need to lose one. They've got the West Tigers, the Bronx, and they finish off against the Storm. So, you know, yeah. but that might be a match the Storm decides to lose. Yeah, they might because they still, they've still they come out during this week and they've said they still want to, you know, they want to have a loss before the finals. I was hoping we were going to be that loss. Yeah, it would have been nice. It would have been good. I think it's very unneighbourly of them not to have that, that loss against us because um, I was actually full of hope that we'd actually win it. And then, of course, the West Tigers just have to lose one. They've got the Sharks, the Panthers and the Dogs. 
they will lose one of those matches. So they're out there. So I really think what we're punting for here is the Warriors to drop one as soon as possible. Same with the Sharks. It'd be nice if the Sharks lost the West Tigers this weekend, the Warriors lost to the Bronx, and the Titans got absolutely hammered by the Storm, and we beat Manly, at which point I think we'll be in the box seat for eighth spot. I, I think that'll be the way it goes. But, um, you know, there was something thinking about the other match last weekend uh, that made me a little bit angry. In fact, you might say it ground my gears. You know what really grinds my gears? You know what grinds my gears, Blake? No, tell me. Watching Nathan Cleary lay, watching Nathan Cleary lay on a shoulder charge, a, quite an obvious shoulder charge, jarring the ball free, and then his side going off and scoring, and the video ref just being fine with say, oh, that'd be cool, while the commentators laughed about it. Now, if you think about that, if that had been a Raiders player doing exactly what Nathan Cleary had done, they probably would have been sent from the field. Yeah, well... They yeah, probably yeah. would have been sent from the field. I think I've explained this to you before, but there's actually a third button in the video ref's bunker. There's try, no try, and then there's the Raiders button. And they, I guarantee you they would have pressed the Raiders button. And the Raiders button just overwrites anything else and, yeah, guarantees that, yeah, the Raiders player would have at very least uh, been sent to the city and it would have been a no try. But, of course, it was Nathan Cleary, who I actually don't mind. I think he's actually a very good player and I think he's a fairly clean player, but he shoulder-charged. And then, you you know, the, everything that goes there. But it grinds my gears because, you know, we know the Dragons are crap. We know the Dragons are going to lose anyway. But, you know... In that circumstance, at least officiate the game fairly, you know, because at this stage, all they can do there and say is they, they watch their finals chances actually finally extinguished, which is probably right and proper after the Shell Harbour barbecue. Yeah, they had, you know, just Dragons, educate it right. The Dragons' finals chances died that afternoon at the barbecue, and I've said they're not going to win another game, and they haven't so far, so I'm sticking, I'm sticking to that statement. Um, well, before we move on to the next segment, I'm actually going to jump into a bit of Brian's Mod Years um, this week because I'm normally pretty happy-go-lucky, you know, not much upset. Oh, you are. Everyone says you're relaxed and chilled, everyone says. But uh, I actually have a grind to my gears for this week. And what ground my gears was the never-ending uh, Melbourne Storm captain's challenges on the game against us. I mean, it started, so they did a captain's challenge. The thing they challenged... Preach. They well, the thing they challenged, they got wrong. But then when they challenged, the video ref discovered that, no, no, there was an escort. Uh, I think it was on, on Jack Whiten. And so they decided to give us a penalty. And so they said because they were now giving a penalty for something that happened prior to the um, drop ball, whatever it was, the knock-on that they challenged, that they would keep their captain's challenge. Now, how does that work? The thing they were yes, no, didn't get up anyway, and it was a penalty against them. So why do they get to keep their challenge? I, I didn't understand that. And then another one went up with, with Chris Butler coming back and saying it was inconclusive. Yeah. Now, the only person <laughs> in the solar system who thought it was inconclusive was Chris Butler. The only person. It was as conclusive as possibly can. So right at the end, Melbourne Storm, to buy more time, had another challenge. I know. They just had the, the never-ending challenge. The other thing, we, we sort of skimmed over the Melbourne Storm game. The other thing that got to me about that game as well is that... Um, you know, you talk about there being two rules for the likes of Nathan Cleary. Well, well there's still two rules for Melbourne Storm holding players down because we only got yep. two set restarts that entire game uh, and they were consistently holding us down. And I'd say the two set restarts um, we did get were probably on the first tackle. I can't remember it exactly. 
but they were probably those very cynical. Oh, they were definitely in the first. They were definitely on the first tackle. That's exactly what they were. And if I was coaching in the NRL now, I would be making sure that I gave away a set re- restart on the first tackle. I talked to one of the referees about this, and they can't give a penalty. They can't give a penalty on the first tackle. It has to be a set restart. Now, whoever came up with that, I mean, they are an arse clown by definition. I mean, quite blatantly, if you're going to wait to make sure your chasers get down and your line is set, you're not going to let that person get up on the first tackle, are you? No. You're just going to hold them down. You don't care if you give away an extra tackle. Yeah, it's so cynical, those um, those first tackle ones. They're so cynical. And so conversely, so we only got two against the Melbourne Storm the whole night, and they were obviously ones they deliberately gave away. We um, gave, they got four off us. I think some of them were for being inside the 10 metres. Mm. But yeah, that frustrated They were, and... and- and, and, you know, and, and some of them were Tiki Touchwood too. You know, like, it's hard, it's hard to say with those things. But, look, if Tomoko scores the try and Jack finds touch, we're the masters of our own destiny in that match, and I think we would have run them down. So, you know, you've got nothing um, to blame but yourself. But um, I tell you, we do have a few people to blame because now it's Arms Clown of the Week. <laughs> Blake, who have you got for me? Well, okay, so my Ask Clown of the Week is um, it's actually someone from this very program. Um, John Sharkey III recently was on um, the League by the Five Place um, podcast, which is one of the longest-running... Filthy trader. Yeah, he just shops it all around town, doesn't he? He sells his booty all around town, doesn't he? he? I mean, he has no loyalty. He has no clan, you know? It's, it's, a, very good, it's a very good podcast, and... Um, Total mercenary. Total mercenary. I don't even know why you want to have him on anymore. One of the hosts, Pedro, was away, so John Sharkey was filling in. But Lobby, who's the other main host, is actually um, a, a very uh, committed Raiders fan. And um, he actually had something to say, which is a bit of a... I'm going off a bit of a tangent now, but he actually had something to say about um, this podcast. So I'm just going to play a quick clip for you now. Yes. Yeah, they also feature heavily on um, Blake and the Pork... Raiders review, uh, which has all sort of characters on it. So it's like not a normal sort of rugby league podcast. If you listen to it, they got a guy called Danny Stewart, which is um, Ricky Stewart's brother. Mm-hmm. Um, they got Sharky. He's got a segment called Shark Attack. They've got this other character who I don't particularly like called Pork. <laughs> and he's sort of a dude that plays the role of a homer. Like yeah. a dude that just doesn't ever complain about anything management or, or the coaches do. And I just think it's too unrealistic like he's just going overboard that character i don't know yes yeah, well what are you going to retort to that that statement people find you the most unbelievable character on the show as all the suck hole oh well look there's only one thing worse than being talked about and that is not being talked about look and you know i did reflect you know those views just just to make sure that you know i was in the right thing to our our coach and you know spiritual leader and ricky stewart and you know ricky was very very uh, firm in his his stuff he says uh he said don't listen tim no one listens mate if you're not criticizing aren't you allowed to be positive and support a team said the coach and then he said but keep being you tim that's who we love we still have the desire to win mate and that's what he said so here's the thing about that lobby and lobby while you're on the subject homer complains about everything <laughs> i am more of a suck old Wayland smithers sort of character i would have said you know yeah. in, in the regards that I, i'm completely for sale how did you get that message from the coach did it come by texas 
Yeah, no, and he had a special mem- uh, message for you as well, Balarco. Eh? Right, he yeah. says, why are you still hanging around with that idiot? Yeah. I said, I don't know. I don't know why. Sure. <laughs> I don't know why. Anyway, so it's unsurprisingly, my Ask Land of the Week is lobby because if you're going to use a Simpsons analogy, at least get it right. This you is not land. what it says on the rundown sheet. It says your Ask Land of the Week is Graham Asley and Alan Shortall. Have you quickly, hastily revised? Anyway, my well, uh, I can go into those two, but I know I did. I've quickly and hastily revised, but you know, we it doesn't say that on mine. Um, but um, we can go into those two. Did you actually see after they were defending, going back to Gray Manersley, they're defending Nathan Cleary's shoulder charge? He's come out and he said, Everyone knows what a shoulder charge is, it's someone using their shoulder and charging into the opposition. And it's like, uh, you know, the rules that you've published on your own website say nothing that supports what you just said, you complete idiot, Graham Annesley. Yet it's a closed shop, the NRL, so he can do and say whatever he wants. Doesn't matter how ridiculous it is, no one's ever going to sack him until they choose to do it. And you can do whatever you want. You can be as bad a referee or administrator as you want at the NRL. You can allow 16 trainers on the field all blocking the field, you know, shiving the opposition players. You're not going to get sacked if the operations manager, they don't care. It's probably good for the ratings. Anyway, but no, Lobby's still my Ask Land of the Week. My Ask Land of the Week, I started telling the story and then we got interrupted by playing that clip, but it's John Sharkey the third because after, um, it's actually worth listening to this episode of League by the Fireplace. It's called the fourth most popular Canberra Raiders podcast because uh, they dubbed themselves that for that one night only. But... Um, and you learn- isn't it Raider Nick is the fourth? Isn't, isn't Raider <laughs> Nick the fourth most popular Raiders podcast? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, You're yeah. the one who keeps up with the numbers here. Yeah, well. He's yeah. your friend. John Sharkey. No, I don't like him. Don't like him at all. Anyway. No, get- Raider Nick. Oh, Raider Nick. Yeah, we're, we're tight. Uh, getting onto the subject of um, John Sharkey. And so he's on the whole podcast. You learn a bit more of the, the background story of John Sharkey. Did you know? He was a former night watchman at Telstra Tower. I didn't know that. Anyway, after they did that little bit, they started previewing the um, the Melbourne Raiders game. And John Sharkey was saying that he actually didn't didn't mind Melbourne and didn't understand why Raiders... That's just disgraceful. Just disgraceful. I think we should have him on the show. I mean, I mean one of the prerequisites to being on this podcast is you need to hate the Melbourne Storm more than any other team in the NRL. Because no other team has inflicted so much. I mean, you could argue the Roosters maybe, but no other team. I, I do hate the Roosters. And when the Broncos were actually playing good football, I hate them. But that hasn't been for so long that you, always, you, you've forgotten your hate. That's always the thing is when teams, when those teams like Manly and, and even Roosters at times and uh, the Broncos become crap, well, then you stop hating them. It's like when Wally Lewis yeah. was the tail end of his career. you start. I started feeling a bit sorry for him and I stopped hating him. No, never. I hated him. <laughs> when he got shafted by the Broncos, I, I, I still hate him. No, no, I thought they were right to do it. That was right on, Wayne. Excellent, Melbourne, Wayne. Melbourne have never been crap. They've consistently ground us into the dirt, apart from the odd occasion. And look, Craig Bellamy, I know he's Raiders legend and a member of the Hall of Fame. No one has done more damage to the game of NRL rugby league as a spectacle over the last 20 years than Craig Bellamy. I mean, he's the, absolutely the head of the snake. And whether it's, you know, grapple tackles, crushes, rolling pins, chicken wings, you know, the wrestle and everything else, it absolutely stems from him. And the argument that a lot of sort of Melbourne Storm apologists like Brett Finch use is that, well, look, everyone else is 
doing the wrestle. Everyone else is doing this. It's just that Melbourne do it better. Well, everyone else is doing it. Yeah. Because everyone else is doing it because you have to do it because they've been so successful doing it and have gotten away with it. So what, what other choice do other teams have than to other than to follow the cheap, dirty, cynical tactics of the Melbourne Storm? And we see the same thing they're doing now. It's like when they went, change the rules with the six again, people are like, oh, this is going to, you know, affect the Melbourne Storm. Clearly, these, all these rule changes are brought in because of the Melbourne Storm, but they just find a new way of just to, you know, adapt and a new cynical way to um, take advantage of whatever new rules exist. And well, so- look, one thing we found out this week in regards to the Melbourne Storm or last week was someone went back and did a retrospective about the opportunity the Canberra has had. Now, we, we saw, you know, during the time of um, uh, Kevin Neal that a number of things that happened at the club that pretty much no one liked. Tim Sheens was driven out, which was like, what the hell are you doing? Uh, Ricky Stewart and Brad Clyde were cut, you know, in spite of the fact that, um, you know, they were legends and it showed every other junior or prospective player that didn't matter what you'd done to the Camarades, you weren't going to get any loyalty in return. But now we've since found out that himself and Robert Finch and Laurie Daly sat down to interview the prospective coaches to replace Mel Meninga. And working on the advice of, amongst other people, Brian Smith, they decided to go with Matthew Elliott over Craig Bellamy. Yeah. I still Now, like- at the same... At, at, at the same time, at the same, I do not. Um, at the same time as they were choosing Simon Wolford over Luke Prittis, you know, just after that they decided they chose Matt Elliott over Craig Bellamy. And strangely enough, when they were doing that article, Kevin Neal could not be reached for comment. And if I were him, I'd just keep running too. So you know, and here is a perpetual annual ass clown, Kevin yeah, Neal. Yeah. You know, the worst thing he did was open that truly awful pub in Dixon. No, that's not the worst thing he did. The worst thing he did was sack Stuart and Clyde, and he completely destroyed the dynasty in one fell swoop. Yeah, they were injured. Yeah, they were shadows of what they'd been previously. But at that point, he said to every player, doesn't matter what you've done, you'll get no loyalty from me. And everyone looked at their options. We lost Ferner. We lost Mullins. We lost Kennedy. We lost... Vanicolic, we lost everything we possibly could have lost and then we replaced them with, I don't know who, but it didn't work out well for a long, long time until Ricky came back and rebuilt the damn team. Kevin, Neil, you, I hope you're out there listening, you are an ass clown. You are a total incompetent boob. And do you know what they used to call him when he used to go to the CEO's meetings? Homer, just to keep on point. Just like you. I'm not Homer. I'm, I already told you I'm Waylon Smithers. <laughs> that's fine but we are coming up now getting back on there but yeah so john john sharkey a very worthy ass clown i think we'll all agree because anyone who doesn't instantaneously hate melbourne storm i mean like hate them and just want them to lose you know we, we saw um dan from the sportress put out a memorabilia because apparently today when we're recording it's the anniversary of the the lovely night in melbourne where we came back from 18 nil down with papa scoring under the posts to win that match down there at amy park um you know what a joyous night only you know raised again by the the qualifying final later that year where bateman scored right at the end and we went through, you know, what a wonderful time it was to be alive 2019, beating the Melbourne Storm in those two matches in such a way because that was just genius. I think we, you know, we'll remember that for years. 
The thing I remember most about that game is they were they were up to nil and um, Salicia Vinavalu did the big swan dive. Yeah, he's already celebrating. Big swan dive. He's already celebrating before he's put the ball down. He did a big swan dive and I was just like, suck it. I didn't like him. As true, one of Sharky's points was that a lot of the most um, least likable Storm players have, are no longer in the side. And while I would agree with that to an extent, yeah, Still ahead of well, it's still there's still Cam Munster and there's still um, Felice Cafusi. Yeah. You know, anyone who's who's liking Felice Cafusi or Cam Munster, I mean, well, they have. Yeah, no, they're just not good. But anyway, we come up against Seagulls. There was a lot of talk about Tommy being out. Tommy's not going to be out. No, Tommy's not going to be out. He's going to play, and what's more, he's coming for Seb Chris. He's coming to try and go around Seb Chris's right arm. He's going to try and do the in and away, a la Mike Gasnier, except a lot faster and a lot better. And uh, the Raiders will know it. The Raiders will absolutely know it. That's coming. Um, but I think, look, looking at, they've got a few forwards out. And I think, you know, we've actually got an advantage in the forwards, at least in the starting pack. And if we're going to win this match, we absolutely have to win there. We don't have an advantage uh, in the forwards when it comes to the bench. The bench is a disaster. Are we going to go through the team? Really? Yes. Well, no, we can go through the team. Okay, so Jordan Rapiner at fullback, Bailey Simonson on one wing, Harley Smith-Shields on the other wing. In the centres, we have Seb Chris and Matt Tomoko. Um, and then in the halves, you have Jack White and Sam Williams retaining his place. Very lucky in to the forward, his have... place after some of those kicks last week. Some of those Well, kicks. he's retained it. It's like his job, apart from anything else, is to kick. I mean, I've up there. that's pretty much the only reason he's out there is to kick. And his kicking was appalling, consistently appalling. And that was the frustrating thing about that game. The effort was there, but we just let ourselves down in just these making these errors and oh, frustrating. Anyway, yeah, the execution wasn't great. Um, Josh Papali'i and Joseph Tarpany in the front row with Josh Hodgson in between them. Hudson Young and Elliot Whitehead make up the second row and Ryan Sutton at lock. That's a good, that's a good pack. It's a great then on the on the bench, hallelujah, he has returned. Charles Nickel Cookstar has returned. He is back. People laughed at me when I said he told me he was going back with two rounds of the season to go. He's back with three. So I was wrong. But I was wrong. On the happy side of wrong. So, yeah, yeah. And people laughed at me. Some of you wanted to be transferred. You didn't want to work with me anymore. You said I was an idiot and last clown, but who was right? People laugh at you on a regular basis. Just just retract to say you were wrong. That's all you got to do. Say you were wrong. We had some feedback, actually, from a, from a listener uh, who made... Uh, 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 no, stop, stop. You made fun of me publicly on Twitter and on this program about that not being the case. You made fun of me now. You have to... No, no. Now, you, if you're going to make fun of me, that's fine. Sometimes I'm wrong. But on this occasion, I was absolutely bang on right. Now you got to apologise and say you were wrong. I don't think I said that you were wrong about that one. I don't recall that. It's not, it's not my recollection. But what someone did point out... In all... Just yeah, no. Nah. Well, people actually listen to this show and they sort of hang out in anticipation for what will be your just like just random, you know, call of the week, whether it's Whitehead to prop, uh, Rapana shouldn't play. And it'll happen. And when it does, you will apologise for that as well. <laughs> it will not happen. It will not happen. It'll happen. 
Okay, It'll I don't happen. Recall questioning your statement that CNK would be back, but if I did, I, I apologize unreservedly. Does it make you happy? You came out on Twitter and after I said, he told me that he'd be back with two matches of things, you said, strange, he told me he wouldn't be back till next season, which was clearly making fun of me and and degrading what I said and putting it down and make, painting it out to be a lie. So, you know, just apologise. Just be a man. Just be a man for once in your life and apologise. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Right, so he's he's back, and if you go and read, and you should be reading, as whenever he puts them out, Dan from the Sportress's piece, talking about you know when CNK got injured against Penrith and went off the field, we were in okay shape, and everything sort of fell apart with him because he really is the glue at the back. He really at fullback. He's really when he since he walked in the door in 2019, he really did bring in something else at the Raiders, a real determination, professionalism, and a never-say-die attitude that while he's on the field, you know you're in the contest because he's not going to give up. When someone gets through and, that, and he's the last line of defence, you know you're a 50-50 chance at worst of that guy getting through. You know, like, it doesn't matter who it is. He's going to hit them with everything he's freaking got. He's going to put his entire life on the line in order to stop it, and they know it too. So people, when they come up against him, you know, they're going to be a little bit scared. They're going to be happy to have the brown underpants on because CNK is coming for them. I, for okay, one, really. am so relieved. That that. Said, I thought Pork was quite tame with his Elliot can come off comment. Then RTS over Teddy. Wowza. It's actually one of my favourite parts waiting for the hot take. I will take RTS over Teddy. Absolutely. He's a better player. Yeah. He's yeah. a better all-round player. You're, uh, you're on your own again there, mate. He's a better captain. He's a better... Yeah, well, I can be on my own. I don't see Teddy being picked up by the All Blacks. I don't I don't see that, you know. I don't see Australian Rugby Union running out of their way to get him. I saw the All Blacks who have the choice of any freaking player they want reaching out to go get RTS. You don't think the Wallabies would have James Tedesco in a heartbeat? I think they'd take anyone they could get right he, They He's been off contract a number of times and they've never been in the frame. Anyway, they've never been in the frame, you yeah. know, so if they've never been in the frame, obviously he's not there. Whereas the All Blacks reached out for RTS and said, yeah, we'll have your son. It's not 2002 that yeah. money for NRL players to get there to play for the Wallabies anymore. Anyway, well, what Look, are we... they're, both, they're both brilliant players. They're both brilliant players. I just think RTS has a Dally M and I don't think Teddy does have one, does he? Yeah, he must. Or does he? He's been the best player. He must. Yeah, it does sound right, doesn't he? Yeah, he's very good. No, no, he's an awesome player. I just, I think I just like RTS more. That's all. And I'm allowed to. I'm allowed to have my favourites. Okay. He's, look, here's the thing, right? Teddy, right, he's a hairy man. So he starts the match clean shaven. And by full time, he's got a freaking beard. I'm just not into, you know, guys, that hairiness. Whereas RTS, mate, you, you, you can get lost in his dreamy eyes. He is one of the best looking guys I've ever seen in rugby league. It's unbelievable. I don't bat that way, but if I did, RTS. Oh, yeah. He's a good-looking man. No question about it. Um, now, number 15, going back to the side, uh, Emre Gula on the bench, who I think we can both say has been playing much better football in the second half this season, really, really putting his 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 shoulder to the grindstone and making a dent in the line. Sia Soliola holds his spot in, numbers, in jersey number 16, and then it's enter Schumann. Matt Frawley is back in the side, number 17. How do How do we feel about that? Okay, I haven't been on the burst for a while, but I am going to go on the burst right now. 
So cue the intro. Blake on the burst. Yeah. This team, like, in so many ways, is a good team and I'm happy with. But just Ricky is seemingly incapable of just going 1-17 to without just throwing some random crazy curveball in there. The biggest I would have had, to be honest with you, after Sam Williams' game last week, I wouldn't have had him in the side. I would have had Matt Frawley starting. But to run with only Emre Gula and Ciasolela as forwards on the bench, I think is a big mistake. I mean, Cias showed last week that he's good for about 10 minutes. 15 at a stretch. You know, and then it's only so we were only rotating Emre with the props. Yeah. And well, that, may, that may work out. I, I, that may work out all things going to plan, right? What happens if we get an HIA in the forwards? And, you know, the odds are it's a, a fairly likely occurrence. We're going to be caught very short. Yeah, yeah, look, I think, and you make fun of it every week. Every week you make fun of this. But I reckon there is definitely, definitely a hot chance that someone's coming off the extended bench and we're going to see what we've seen there actually mixed up quite a bit. I wouldn't be surprised if Rawley goes into the starting side. I wouldn't be surprised if Namus Louie comes in to the side. I don't know who's yeah. going to drop out, but I won't be surprised to see those two things happen because I agree with what you say. I think I think we need some more big meat in the side. I think Dynamis Louie is fit. I think he used to play against the Seagulls, so he'll probably enjoy... He used to play for Seagulls, so he'll probably enjoy that. Um, coming in, I think Matt Frawley can go into the, you know, the seven jersey. Um, and, you know, maybe Sammy could be in the 14. Who knows? But there is room for um, that being moved around. Look, Looking at the, the Seagulls side, Hang on Tommy Turbo just, has been... Just with the Raiders, right? Still on the Raiders. The big possibility is that um, Chance starts a fullback. And then Jordan yep. Raps goes to wing. Um, Harley Smith-Shields goes to centre. And Seb Chris goes to the bench. And then he can come on, you know, find yep. forwards where he can have that, that back cover. Um, choosing Matt Frawley, if Matt Frawley's there just to try and somehow fill the Tom Starling role, well, he's not Tom Starling. And he's not going to be able to play that role. You know, he's not Matt Frawley's not fast. And he may be a better defender. Than no, Sam. he's not. He's not. He's not a. He's not a Tom Sarling defender either. No, but in this match, I think one of the things we need is to grind and not miss our tackles. Um, and I think what you're suggesting there with the idea of Seb Chris coming off and going into the back row rotation and Harley going into that area because he's so much faster laterally, the amount of times that, you know, fast players like at the Storm have tried to get around him last week and Harley just kept standing up and rounding them up again. He's fast. He's not as fast as Matt Tomoko, but he's pretty damn fast. And so I, I think you're absolutely right. I think he could quite happily go into that spot there in the number three jersey. As I was saying before, the outside backs is a young man's game and it's a strong man's game. And we were sort of talking about Jared Croker before. He's almost been holding these kids back. And now when we see them come in and we see what they can do, you know, they've got to be there. They've got to be there. He can't hold. Yeah, I agree. Right. He can't hold. Well, the, well, at the moment, here's the thing: if he's injured, he's not keeping them out. So it's a moot point. Yeah. You know, it's a moot point. And and and, but uh, look, I, I would say any weakness, especially in that right centre spot, is something because we've seen Tommy. You know, and we've seen him play for New South Wales on both sides of the field. We've seen him play on the left side. We've seen him play on the right side, and he's been. 
He's been massively successful. He'll be coming into those centre spots with the intention of trying to draw the man in and then just going straight through that gap because he's fast and he's strong. I but think he, he, sets up, Matt, he sets up the wingers on both sides for the, the Seagulls. And, and they've got Jason Saab on one wing and they've got Ruben Garrick on the other. Now, I tell you what, if I was picking one of those two to play for my life, it would not be Jason Saab. He's very, very fast, but geez, he's got an error in him. And I don't think his defence is anywhere as good. I think Ruben Garrick is one of those irritating manly players with that strange freaking name who just happens to be a really good player. And I like the cut of his jib. He's good at goal kicking. He's a fast player. He knows how to break tackles and he returns the ball with percentage. I, I like him a great deal. Don't like his name. Don't like the team he plays for, but uh, I like the cut of his jib. Um, in the centres, they got Morgan uh, Harper, who um, is a fascinating looking guy. He's like the uh, dark version of um, uh, the Honey Badger. You know, he's got all the moves. You know, he's got some tags on himself. You know, he's got that nice moustache and, you know, the 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 fro going on, a la the honey badger, you know. Like Phil, Lin- uh, Phil, Phil um, Linnett. Oh, yeah. No, he does from uh, from uh, Thin Lizzy. Lizzy, yeah. Look him up, kids. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he didn't make it out of the uh, – did he make it out of the 70s? Oh, maybe. Just. Yeah, it's the 80s. Yeah, he died a long time ago. Great band, great band. Yeah, it, it, it was a great band. The boys were back in town once upon a time, people. Um, Moses Suley is on the other in the other centre spot. Um, really owes the Raiders for the last time we played them because we touched him up a bit. So expecting something big from him. Um, in the halves, they got the old firm of Kieran Foran and Daly Cherry Evans. Now, Kieran Foran has slowed down from his, his glory days, but he's still a wily little fox and defends quite well. And DCE will always cause us trouble because he's a really yeah. good player. As much as people hate him, he's a good player. The front row. Well, against us, Lachlan Croker. Yeah, he does. Um, Lachlan Croker, um, ex-Raiders player, ex-G-Town boy. He likes touching us around. He's done all right at, at the hooker role. He's made it his own. And he's beefed up. Martin DePau, not the player he once was, but he's still a hell of a good front rower. So, you know, he, he often makes holes. But then they've got Josh Alloway on the other prop spot. Now, he came out of the West Tigers, and we've seen him in the second row a couple of times. And he hasn't been very good, but he's actually been playing pretty well in the front row. But they're down on stocks. They've lost a few front rowers there. Then the second um, uh, row, they've got uh, Ola Kata'u. I can't say his name properly, but... With ball in hand, he's quite a machine, but his defence isn't that crash hot. Then on the other side, we've got Josh Schuster, who in attack has got all the moves, but again, his defence isn't necessarily that great. But then locking the scrum, they've got Jake Jabroyevich. Yeah, well, look, they could either rip us apart or they could fall to pieces, is my, my view. Their second row is either going to be the thing that sticks it into us or is going to be one of the areas where we can get over them. Fair enough. I, I don't see it being. I don't see it being like a, a nothing aspect to the game. You know, a nullified thing. I, I see something happening in the second row. I see something happening there. It's going to be big. Um, on the bench, they've got Dylan Walker, the man everybody loves. Everyone loves D Walker, don't they? He's just fantastic. And you know, he doesn't say much. He's quiet as a church mouse on the field. Very polite, I'm told. Uh, then they've got uh, Carl Lawton in the 15, Curtis Sirinan in the 16, and Sipley in the 17. But then we get to the stage, the part of the show that no one gives a crap about, the extended bench. Who's on the extended bench? Decided to change it up a little bit, be right. more of an avant-garde thing. Yeah, it was more of a... Do you think? 
who is not on the Ascent bench? Well, we got uh, Dynamis Louie. We got uh, Trey Mooney, the uh, the young man. We got out of the Parramatta system. We've got Elijah Anderson, and we've got Kayla Bacon. Then they have Jack Gaseski. They've got Funa. They got Delui, and they got Cade Cust. Custy. Yeah, Custy. Look, that's a pretty hard extended bench to to split. Yeah. I'm gonna give that marginally on Gaseski and Cust to the Manly Ringer Seagulls. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um. I was really hoping this week that we'd see Trey Mooney get a run in the 17. I really thought this... Yeah, I think it's about time. Give him a run. And, and the other question I sort of wonder is, where's Salida Vili? Apparently, he's still got a few knocks, is what I'm hearing. But the last time I heard anything about him was his fitness was right down. And how are you going to maintain your fitness when you're a chunk of muscle like him and you've got no games? And you're on a resort. Maybe we should have been lending him out to the Bulldogs. Yeah. And we're what, Sorry. Did you watch? I actually watched that Bulldogs game. Um, I thought that uh, Ryan James didn't look too bad. Uh, a bit, I was you know, pretty happy with the crazy horse. Yeah, look, he was he was going for the offload every time, but you know, obviously, maybe the coach had told him to do that. And, yeah, no, they didn't. They didn't. They weren't the worst players for the Bulldogs. That's for sure. Absolutely not. I I thought they went in. I thought I thought the way Big Red ran in, he was pretty much saying, Ricky, give me another try because I saw some real intensity. I saw his fitness was a lot better than I thought it was and his intensity was there and he didn't drop the ball. Yeah, speaking of ass clowns... I can't remember the last time I saw... Speaking of ass clowns, there were all these Raiders fans blowing up saying, why would we want to help out the Bulldogs and why would we get those players out playing, man? Give them a run. Yeah, get them out playing. Yeah, yeah. It's not like we're lending players to the Roosters, you know. And footballers want to play football. You know, let them play. There's no reserve. Just let them play. Hi, Alan Sung here, former Canberra Raiders captain. And you know what? I don't really listen to podcasts, but if I did, I'd probably listen to the third most popular Canberra Raiders one, Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. Where, where, where are the holes in this? You know, where, where do we find holes? Well, once more, we turn to our expert and we go, ripping in with Arnie J. G'day Raiders fans. Manly score 41% of their tries on their left side and 38% on their right. We concede 48% of our tries on our right side, so even John Hopawati probably has enough brain cells to work out where the ball is going this week. It is clear that our defence needs width, as they have speed and strike out wide. As far as Manly's heat map goes, they concede nearly three quarters of their tries out wide on both sides. Manly will be hard to beat if Tom Turbo plays. Cherry Evans is a flat-track bully, so if we don't turn up, he can hurt us like Para last week. As far as weaknesses goes, providing the players a name, we target one, Moses Sooley. Cumbersome and inefficient footballer in defence and attack. Two, Kieran Foran. Been an amazing footballer on the field, questionable character off it. More courage to the line than any other half playing at the moment, but at 31, his body is old and battered. Three, Lachlan Croker. He's not a hooker, so the forwards need to keep running at him directly all game. Four, Jake Turbo. No particular reason except he hasn't been himself this year. Maybe injured or something else. Either way, have runners in pairs at pace directly at him. It'll be an interesting watch this week. If we can bring the same energy and commitment versus Melbourne last week, with better execution, we can pull off a huge upset. 
Indeed, indeed, absolutely indeed. Now, it's a segment we always, you know, come to, and it who's got a lift? Who? It's very hard doing backing vocals. I'm going to allow this on on Zoom. It's very difficult for you, oh, you yeah, know, coming in really on those really things. <laughs> I was looking at my phone. Yeah, yeah, no, that's okay. Well, look, Sam Williams got a lift. He's got to lift. That kicking game has to improve. He has to really get back to, you know, what he does doing well. Because if he doesn't, you know, and we remember the last time we played Manly, um, you know, they ran around him from that scrum and we thought, oh, my God, this is all done. And then we managed to get back into the match. And he managed to get back into the match. Um, He needs to be into this match. And the other one has got to lift because he's lifted, you know. This segment has been called Jack's got to lift a number of times this season. But Jack's got to lift. He's got to go another cock because if he keeps going the way he is and gets back to that top form at the right time of the year, he's going to be very difficult to stop. And he just started showing signs of that really, really dangerous Jack White. Now, Manly aren't ready to deal with dangerous Jack White. They're not ready to deal with Jack with a head of steam who means it. And I tell you this much, with C&K back in the side, Jack in that mood, the rest of the side will follow and we could rip them to shreds if he lifts even further. Howdy Raiders fans and all you other scrubbers, Lord Funkington here, back for another week after oh, I was disappointed that we went down to the storm. I wasn't surprised, but I was disappointed because, geez, we put ourselves out of that. A lot of mistakes, a lot of errors. But you know what? I've wiped it. I've moved on. And, you know, as usual, my beautiful wife is in the next room trying to do a Zoom call, but she told me to be quiet. But I will not. I will not be quiet. And do you know why? CNK is back, baby. Number one, the defensive brains of the Canberra Raiders is back. Oh, man, I've been so looking forward to this. Jeez, it's been diabolical down there sometimes. But, oh man, I'm almost out of words. But, you know, here's some words. Victory, tackles, defeat, 56, points, manly, fucked. Come on, boys. Blake, have you got a listener of the week for us? Okay, so we've actually got um, two listeners of the week this week because... um, Excellent. We we promised uh, that um, anyone that left us an iTunes review would get listener of the week. And so we've, we've got two, I've just got to find them here. We've got two iTunes reviews. Okay, so we've got two uh, listeners of the week or two people that left us reviews on iTunes. So first one, points for trying. M Jesberg, 78. I mean, they're no Green Machine podcast, but kudos for trying. Four stars. Four stars. Four stars. No, see, Solzy confuses me sometimes. He sets up these burner accounts, right? Yeah. Says something rude and then still gives you a good rating. How does that work? I mean, at least when I set up my burner account on his, I sent effective abuse and gave them one star. Yeah. You know, perhaps he could turn it around and do the same. Anyway, and so there was another one which was left a couple of days before that one. And this is from um, WSFTKP. Left on six of August, five stars. Fuck all that noise. This is easily the number one Raiders podcast. So it's, thanks for that one, WSFTKP. Mum. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for that one, Mum. Genius. Well done. Yeah, no, no, that's very good. And remember this if you do want to be the listener of the week, it just doesn't have to come down to leaving this review. It does help. It obviously influences us a lot. It doesn't have to be a good review, it just has to be a review. Uh, we prefer a good review, but we have, we also appreciate good humor within reviews as well. So if you've got something to say, a criticism, we're always here to say it. You know, no one, I, I think, I think we're safe to say that my harshest critic is Blake Budak. 
<laughs> so <laughs> I challenge you to exceed how he picks on me at the best of times. Um, but look, amongst all this, there are reasons to be cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful. Part three. One, and once more, our fate is still in our own hands. We didn't get thumped by the storm. We didn't let in 50,000 points. We only lost by 10 points. This is my reason to be cheerful. We didn't concede 50 points against the storm, as, although a lot of people, death, ro- death Raiders, and said that we would. A lot of Raiders yeah. fans were very putting out a lot of negative uh, negativity before the game. Such uh, negative vibes. Yeah, but we didn't we didn't get beat lose by fifty points. So therefore, we haven't lost by fifty points at any point during the season, and we're still a chance of winning the competition because you can write off yeah, as a result. You can write off Parramatta. Oh, you can write off Parramatta. You can write off South Sydney. I don't believe you can write off South Sydney. I disagree with that. I don't think you can. I think yes, well, they I gave away fifty points twice. Yeah, they lost by fifty points to Manly and and Penrith. That was early in the season. No, no, South obviously is still a big chance. Yeah, I, I think, look, we, in 1994, we lost to Manly Ringer Seagulls 48-12, one horrible day at Bruce, you may recall it. That was two points off the 50. I mean, how much difference does that two points really make? That's what I want to say. How much difference that really makes? Apparently does make a difference. Yeah, well, I don't really believe it. But the fate is in our own hands. CNK is back. Charles Nickel Klukstar, he's back. Oh, my God, he's back. Isn't it wonderful? And we've got two extra days turnaround over the Manly Ring Seagulls. We played on Thursday. They played on Saturday night. So we've actually got more rest under our belt than Manly does too. And, you know, maybe just maybe Tommy's head isn't right. I don't think it is is wrong. I think he's going to play. I've got 50 cent on it with Danny Stewart um, that he's going to play. Danny doesn't reckon he's got it, but uh, I put it on. Look, um, any reason to be cheerful from you, Blarko? It's mostly the CNK thing because when he got injured, I was worried that you know we may had seen um, the best of him, and it was it was a serious injury, you know, it was, and it was one of those ones once they said that he had to actually have surgery. Well, then it sort of really took up the seriousness of it up another notch, and I was concerned that you know he's not going to be able to come back, and if he does come back, he won't be the same player. So hopefully, he does return, and he's the same player because he does play very hard. He, he does. Uh, he goes right into it. He's not afraid of the collision. And I'm hoping when he does um, return on Friday night, he's not wearing a Brent Tate-style neck brace because that won't fill me with confidence. Well, I'm hoping that if he does... Well, Brent Tate, when he came back with that neck brace, he was very, very good. But look, what I'm hoping is is from that, if he comes back and we have a back five of Rapana, Simonson, Tomoko, Harley-Smith-Shields and CNK that the ball returning potential out of that is just going to be so much better that we might start starting our sets on 30 or 35 or even the 40 metre line, you know, and all of a sudden the life looks a lot better. So that's a reason to be cheerful. Uh, uh, Dan Hasley here, uh, first cousin of uh, uh, mainly uh, Warringah uh, Seagulls coach Des. Um, uh, you blokes think you're uh, a chance of beating... Uh, the uh, mighty Eagles days. Uh, um, the reality is we could rest Tom and uh, uh, play his brother Jake at fullback and uh, uh, still beat your uh, uh, joke of a mob. Uh, um, I stumbled upon your podcast accidentally and was listening to uh, uh, 10 minutes of uh, uh, last week's episode. What Absolute uh, uh, dross. 
the third most popular Roy. Uh, I can only glean uh, from that that there's uh, uh, um, three Raiders podcasts because, uh, uh, yeah, what absolute dross. Uh, but you uh, uh, blokes might as well uh, not uh, turn up on a Friday night uh, against uh, the Mighty Eagles, mainly by uh, uh, 30. Look, we have a sponsor of the week, and I just want to remind people that the Raiders view with Blake and the Pork do not receive any financial incentives for pumping up the tyres of the people who sponsor our team, the Canberra Raiders. We just do it simply for the fact of saying thank you to the sponsors for sponsoring our side, because you know what? They're the reason our side can get on the field. So don't buy the supermarket special milk, buy the Canberra milk. You want to do your tax? You should be doing your tax now. Get yourself down to the income tax professionals and get them to do it. They sponsor the side. You buy on a forklift? You buy yourself a Toyota forklift. You want iced coffee? It's Dare iced coffee. You know what? You want to get smash repairs done? Tony Furry's your body works. Those are the ones you want. And this week, if you're looking for workwear, go down and see Pat at Sears Workwear, Barrier Street Fishwick. He has the best selection of work boots you can find. The, uh, the Blue Steel boots that I've got came from that very store themselves. They are absolutely fantastic. They didn't just let me go back and get what I'd always got. They said, you want to try these out? There was actual advice. It was fantastic. You know, it's not working gear, but like back when Johnny Chicka Ferguson was advertising for them, now just a jello shop, it's Sears Workwear. It's big. It's a beautiful shop. Everything you want is there, and they are a fantastic supporter of the Canberra Raiders. So go spend your money and keep it green. Sears have, Workwear. Have you ever met Pat Sears? I have. I bought a pair of boots from him a number of times. Okay, so you go, you've only seen him in a professional. You've never you've Correct. engaged with him socially? No, no, never have. Me, after Dita M was in uh, 2005, after um, Australia beat Iran on penalties to qualify, no, Colombia. It was Colombia, wasn't it? After we beat Colombia on penalties to qualify for the 2006 World Cup. I was watching that game at the Civic Pub. And, uh, it was Ecuador, but yeah, go on. Oh, sorry, Uruguay, but go on. Yeah, it was Uruguay. Of course it was Uruguay. <laughs> After we beat Uruguay uh, to qualify on penalties to qualify for the 2006 World Cup, uh, me and my friend Vinny decided to kick on from the Civic Pub and we went to Canberra Casino and um, we ran... Of course you do. Yeah, we, well, it, was a, you know, it was a Wednesday night or whatever. There's not many other places to go out at that time and we ran into um pat sears and robbo at the canberra casino and, and had quite quite an interesting evening with them i've got to say he's quite a character pat greg robson i i worked with oh, greg robson for robbo was the straight he's a sorry it's safe to say robbo was the designated driver and pat wasn't but uh, it was, it was yeah, no that sounds right very entertaining I found Robbo while I worked with him to be a really nice bloke, really straight up, and he was, he was good value. You know, like you could work in the media with a lot of people who had tags on themselves when they were in front of the cameras, and uh, he wasn't one. He was a good bloke. So, yes, I, I've been out in the town with him a few times, and uh, one of our one of our favourite listeners here, Craig Norenbergs, will also have fond memories of uh, working with Greg Robson as well. Also, at the same time, we worked with Chapo. More stories about that at another time. Look, coming soon, we've got uh, the Warriors next Friday, 27th of August, and they are now, they've reasserted themselves as a chance if they win. Then that's followed up in the last round by the Roosters. If by some, you know, 
if we beat Manly this weekend, which I believe we can, that will put a lot of pressure on that Warriors match because if we do the Warriors match, that's another four-pointer, gets rid of them, two wins in a row, I think that'll be enough. And that means going into the Roosters match, the side can really focus down on their own game plan. So the idea has to be win three on the way home. With C&K back, why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we be positive, Blarke? Why wouldn't we be positive? I'm super positive. You know? Are we going to win this week? And we, be- and we believe. And look... Just, you know, before we close out, I think we're going to win this week. But we want to, we, we want to, you know, one of the, the friends of Ray's Review with Blake and the Pork has been hurting recently. And in fact, before the match last Thursday, you know, it became apparent that, you know, one of the great friends of our show, Solzy, he was hurting and he was tweeting out there and he was airing his pain. He was airing his pain. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be and, so uh, He was lashing out. He was like, well, he was lashing out. And I, and I quote, you know, if the Raiders win tonight, don't tell me you actually believed it would happen, Pork. On the real, I really do love rugby league. If we were to win tonight, it would be a monumental upset worth celebrating. Really, we should be treating it like that and not faithfully predicting the win. And he said then, also, I know this is a piss take and we are just doing the band thing, but it's actually a bit of pet hate of mine. If you really think we will win, you aren't really looking at logically based on the form of the two teams. So they are so far apart right now. And you know what? You and I both believe, Blake. You know, we believed. This is the we positive. believed, and and we, yeah, we're, we're the positive. A bit of positivity wouldn't go to wouldn't go astray, would it, Blake? Um, we we believed, and you know, like, and we know Salzy. You know, he he truly believes. He bleeds green out there. You know, like, you know, he tries. He puts in a good effort, right? You know, he's yeah. all right. He might live in Penrith, and you know, and by all accounts, has a little bit of a penchant for the Panthers as well. But, you know, he he bleeds green. And what we want to say in closing out this week, you know, Blake and myself is, you know, more than anything, Salty, more than anything, don't give up on us, Salty. Don't give up on us. You've been listening to uh, the Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork, uh, the third most popular Raiders podcast on the internet. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And we will talk at you again soon. And, and Salty, don't give up on us. Don't give up on us, Salty. Don't make the wrong seem right. Raiders have left the fight There's still determination And still a couple stars We can't change us Don't give up on us, Ozzy We're still worth one more try I know we bumped a couple of tries Not a rainy evening And you know we want you Don't give up on us, Sozy We can still come through You really lost your head that night You've got no right to stop believing There's still a lot of green blood running through Don't 
Don't give up on a soulsy Lord knows you've come this far Can't you stay the way you are The angel and the dreamer Who sometimes plays a fool Don't give up on a soulsy we can still come through There's still determination And still a couple of stars we can change us Don't give up on a soulsy We're still worth one more try I know we bombed a couple of tries Not a rainy evening And you know we weren't you up on a soulsy, we can still come through. Don't give up on a soulsy, don't give up on a soulsy.